One of the ways God's been so good to us is the friendships that God has given to us here at Cathedral and allowed us to partner with some of the most amazing people around the planet and, and what God is doing in other parts of the world. One of those couples is here with us today. They are very dear friends, Gaetano and Sandra Sotile. Uh, Sandra is an award-winning winning filmmaker and Gaetano, in fact, she has a film today that is uh, actually uh, going to get awards. There's an award ceremony going on right now on the East Coast, and it's an inspiring, faith-building film. Can somebody say amen to that? And Gaetano, I, I was thinking, how do you describe Gaetano? Uh, how do I introduce him? If you took, and this is the best way I could think of it, if you took the evangelistic gift of Billy Graham and you took the leadership gift of John Maxwell and then you took the compassion gift of Mother Teresa and you wrapped it all up in one Italian, that is Gaetano Sicile. It's so great to partner with him. His mom is watching all the way from Italy. Hi, mom. It's great to see you. So glad you're watching. And by the grace of God, next year we're hoping to start a cathedral of faith over yes. in Italy. Yes. God's continuing to expand our territory. He has a powerful word for you today. Would you give him a great big welcome back to Cathedral, Guy and Sandra. I love it. Okay, thank you so much. You know, that's very humbling what he said. <laughs> very humbling. Sandra, would you like to say something? Well, it's a, it's a joy to be back. And um, I've had, you know, I, I, I want to share something. I, it was hard this morning because um, I think we're human and a little selfish. Not selfish, but. And um, I am so excited that I am here and even though this, this film that talks about brokenness, the mayor, the mayor of Naples was weeping on, and we need to be like this as Christians. He was weeping on national television. And he said, is this all you see? Is this all you feel is toxic drugs and violence and explosion and gangsters and mafia? Is that all you see in my city? And he cried and he said, isn't there anybody out there? Isn't there someone who can share how beautiful my city is? And I, I, all I saw was brokenness. And, but I was sharing this morning as we were coming over here. He reminded me of all of us parents or someone when we really love somebody, even though they're not behaving well. They're beautiful. Their heart is beautiful, and we want that for them to see. So thank you for praying for Italy in all the great and unique ways that we minister there, even if it's through a film or through a big conference where 8,000 people get to hear the name of Jesus just a few weeks ago. You guys are in the heart and center of it. You guys are Italy for Christ, and we just want to thank you so much for just lifting us up in your prayers. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. You can be seated. You can be seated. 
That is wonderful. <clears throat> you guys, you, you belong to a real, incredible, wonderful church. I mean, tell me where in the United States of America you can have uh, a, a special music from Bocelli. I mean, that was the prayer of Bocelli. And then get a real preacher from Italy with an accent. I mean, you know, <laughs> is there any other church in America that will do this for you? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> and Pastor, Pastor Ken and his wife, Alisa, have uh, really conquer, conquered our hearts. We, we just love you guys. We feel part of the, of the church. I think I need to fill up with, together with Sandra the form. How, how do we become members of this church? I mean, because <laughs> we don't have a, a, a church home here in the States. So, you know, you never know. That would be great. But listen, uh, he's a great pastor. I mean, I'm humbled by, by, by what he said about me. And, uh, I mean, it's true, some of it. But, you know, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Evangelism is important. What does a prophet, any servant of the Lord, to do all kinds of things and never leading anyone to Jesus? Think about it. You know? I mean, uh, so evangelism is so important. It's the heartbeat of our life. Just like Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. So Italy for Christ from the very beginning, you guys, I mean... I mean, if, I, if we don't lead people to Jesus, to a personal relationship with Jesus, uh, I mean, we can have conferences, we can have all kinds of television programs and movies, but, you know, the bottom line is there is not product there. So evangelism is, is important, but also leadership is important. You know, in Italy, I always say we have only three books on leadership. Godfather Part 1, Godfather Part 2, <laughs> Godfather Part 3. I mean, that's what we have, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's incredible. So... So for us, leadership is important. And Jesus, Jesus is the great leader. He's not a religious, uh, a religious person. Jesus is a leader because uh, he's, he came to this earth to explain even better all the principles that can give us a life and a life worth living. You know, it's, it's just incredible. And of course, you know, the Mother Teresa thing, you know, we... We, uh, we like to reach out, Sicily especially. We have immigrants coming from Africa. For the first time in the history, I believe, I mean, we have uh, all the Muslim world coming to Europe instead of us trying to go there. And so instead of um, kicking our, our feet and, uh, and protesting, we took this as an opportunity, an opportunity to minister and uh, to give shelter, to give food, uh, to do as much as we can and lead people to the Lord Jesus Christ as a result of that. Now, I know that these three things are in the heart of uh, Pastor Ken's uh, ministry and the church, and that's probably what's, what's just, you know, keeping us together, hopefully for many, many more years ahead. I like to talk to you about a topic, and I don't have much time. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in right now between the first service and the third service. So you guys are so smart because you're coming at the right time because you know I got I to gotta make it really fast, you know. <laughs> and unfortunately, I cannot share all this in Italian. It would be so much easier and faster. But I'll try my best, okay? Try my best. I want to talk about a topic that is very important and very dear to my heart. And that is that God doesn't leave us alone. I mean, I don't know who this morning is here and he thinks, uh, oh, I'm all by myself. You know, this life is all in my hands and I wonder what's happening. And God is with us always, always, always. 
And I want to take a few moments to share with you what happens in 1 Kings 18 and 19. And the, 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 the picture that I want to share with you is the picture of probably the most known, famous, and, uh, and rock prophet. That is the prophet Elijah. He was the top of the prophets. I mean, many prophets just came. I mean, he probably was second only to Jesus, I would think, you know, because Jesus is unreachable, you know. But he was really, really very, very important. And he reached the maximum. He reached, you know, the top of his popularity when, after three years of drought, he was able to call the rain and he was able to call uh, fire from heaven. It was some kind of a titanic uh, battle between the, 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 the prophets of Baal and him alone who represented God. Incredible. And, uh, but when this happened, when this happened, he became probably the most incredible prophet. He probably felt really good. He was flying very, very high, don't you think? Have you ever been in that position in your life? Maybe when you got married, when, maybe when you got a new job, maybe when you had some kind of a victory in your life. I mean, didn't you feel like him? I mean, you felt like him. Man, God is with me. God is good. Yes, God is so good, you know. And, but then, only after 24 hours, something happens. He is, uh, is uh, I mean, the, the Jezebel uh, is, is after him. He's try, she's trying to get him for what he's done to his own prophets. And the only way that he can react is just running and keeping himself safe in a very dark and stinky cave. Is, is anyone today in that situation? I mean, do we identify with this schizophrenic personality where one day we are high and the other day we are down? Do we identify with all kinds of theologies today that say, you got to suffer. This life is just a Calvary, but that day in heaven, things will change. Wrong theology, I believe. Or that the other theology, man, if you don't have success in life, it's because you have no faith. Because you got to be high all the time. Do you realize? And then Jesus that comes and balances everything and he says, I came to give life, comma, a life in abundance. Now, what part of the comma are you in this morning? That's the question we need to ask. So, I want to share a little bit this metamorphosis that happened in the life of Elijah and I hope is going to happen in your life as well. The first thing I need to say is the profile of Elijah. In First uh, Kings 18.1, we read that he was called by God. He was chosen by God. Even in, new, 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 in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, when he gives his first testimony, public testimony, in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, he says that God spoke to Ananias and he said, Ananias, go and talk to Paul. He says, God, you got to be nuts. That guy kills the Christians. He says, no, you go there because something is happening in his life. And why do I tell him? You tell him, first of all, this. What? I have chosen him. If there is anything that I can tell you this morning is you and I have been 
chosen by our Creator. We're not an accident of nature. I don't care what family you're coming from. I don't care if you were an accident. I don't care if your father was married to your mother. I don't care how you, you know, they made love and came about. I care only about one thing. That he programmed for you and I to come into this planet with a specific mission to add value to this world. That's why we are here. That's why Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Can you imagine all this powerful, all this powerful crowds of human beings that think that they are here by accident, that spend all of their lives being influenced and conditions conditioned by a little elite of people that tell us what to do when he has a wonderful plan for our life. Elijah was chosen by God. You were chosen by God. And he had a bold calling. He had a bold ministry. When he talked to Ahab, he talked with his finger pointing at him. If there is one thing about Jesus, if there is one thing about everybody in the Word of God, in the history of the kingdom of God, is that when you get a hold of your calling, you get a hold of a bold attitude. Some people call it passion. Some people call it determination. The bottom line is that once you know that God has a plan for your life, you cannot be wishy-washy. You cannot be insensitive. Something happens to you at that particular moment. And we all know what happened. He called the fire from heaven, but he didn't call just fire from heaven. He, he put the water into, into, into the wood. He tried to make it look like unless God is going to do something, it, it ain't going to happen. That's right. Because it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The connection is this. Follow me, follow me. The connection is this. If it can be done by me, God has got nothing to do with it. This is the connection. So today, people, the world, is trying its best, and I believe it's trying its best, to fix things. But the bottom line is that unless the Lord builds the house, all of our work is in vain. We need to get a hold of the principles, the principles of the kingdom of God. And so... What happens when we have success, this is very easy, when we have success, we think that we have reached a, a target, and we tell everybody how wonderful and beautiful we are. You know, I remember my first crusade, you know. Hey, how you doing? Fine. Italy for Christ. Yeah, we had a crusade in Naples. Yeah. We have 300 people came to know Jesus. Back then, you know, when you would probably have three people in a year coming to Jesus, 300 in one week is pretty good. So you just, you know, showing numbers, right? And then, and then you do the same thing over and over again. And all at once you figure out that 300 is just, you know, it's getting old, right? Because you're losing vision of what God wants to do with your life. That's what happened to Elijah. He said, I figured God out. I know exactly how to be a winner with God on my side. 
So I'm going to do with Jezebel the same thing that I did with the prophets of Baal. And guess what's going to happen? It's not going to work. Women are not like men. They're very dangerous. <laughs> Especially American women are very dangerous. <laughs> and so he assumed, he assumed to know exactly how God would work. And there is nothing more irritating to God when he sees that we figured them out. Because that will mean that we are like just as, as, as big as God, right? So what does he do? He will mess things up in our life just to make sure that we know that God is God and I am what I am. And so a lot of people, what do they do? When they see this, this defeat, they say, uncle. They throw the towel. They lower their expectations. I mean, it's like we get offended by the fact that we gave ourselves with passion into the hands of God. And for some reason, it's not going to work. And so we're going to say, all right. I'm going to live, just I'm going to go to church. I'm going to, you know, give tithing to the church. I'm going to do this and that. Just the minimum, the minimum, you know. And there is nothing worse. There is nothing worse of seeing a person without a purpose in life. Elijah had a purpose before Mount Carmel. And with the victory of Mount Carmel, he thought that, that, that he had accomplished the purpose. But the moment Jezebel is after him and he repairs himself into the cave, he loses his purpose and he's asking God to take his life. He's not singing how great thou art anymore. He's singing Kumbaya and Kumbaya soon. Soon now. Because there is something worse than death. And you know what that is? A life without a clear, specific, detailed purpose. Because God, in his infinite wisdom, before the foundation of the world, had already programmed a purpose for each and every one of us. If you are not going to do and fulfill your purpose... Nobody will do it for you. Nobody will do it for you. You say, but there are so many important people, so many talented, gifted people. Each one of us is an original. That's why there is only one DNA that belongs to you and that belongs to me. And that DNA was put together before the foundation of the world by your and my creator, the God Almighty, whom we serve. So... Lowering our expectations, it's shameful not only for us, but it's an offense to our creator. Don't you think so? And, 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 and we lower our expectations because we think that we failed, because we think that failure doesn't belong into the economy of God's kingdom. But we need to, need to understand that failures is important because Peter failed. 
The Apostle Paul failed. A lot of people, the, the, the King David failed. Failures, it's no problem. Broken treasures, no, because when you fail, if you manage to get back and see the whole picture, I will trust someone that failed, there's someone that says, oh, I never failed. Because all have failed and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Great book, Romans. It's an Italian book, by the way. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and so what happens? You say, well, guy, I don't, I don't agree with that. What about the, the prodigal son? You remember the prodigal son? He went away. Most, most of you are like the prodigal son. Oh, you tasted the beauty and the greatness of God. You experienced him. Some of you can remember those wonderful times in your life where you were flying high just like Elijah. But for some reason, you assumed to have figured out God, forgetting that God and his ways are unsearchable. He's an infinite God. And so your disappointment has brought you to where you are today. Don't stay there. Mediocrity is the door to defeat. It's time to wake up, you guys. It's time to get a hold of our calling. So the prodigal son, while he's away, while he's discouraged, while he sees that his success of having a lot of money has reduced him to, to, to wish to eat what the food of, of the pigs, at that particular moment, he wants to turn around. And he says, wait a minute now. I could go back home and be treated like the last of uh, the servants of my father. And he does that. And many of you this morning, I say, okay, I'm going to go back home. And the pastor and the leadership is going to put me on the last seat of the church. They're going to be trying me out and trying me out. And maybe in about 20 years, they're going to give me a chance to pick up the offering of the church. Right? I mean, that would be an honest thing to do. Yeah, but that would be a human thing to do. In fact, when he go back, goes back home, his father doesn't just, you know, doesn't respond to his request. He throws a party and he wants everybody to know that his son is back home. You know why? Because he's got a plan. He's got thoughts. He's got a purpose for his son. And his son is back. So now he can fulfill that. In other words, God doesn't think like us humanoids. God is God. God of all grace. Oh, yes. And when Elijah figures that out in the cave, he says, oh, now I know why all things work together for good. Because now in this particular situation, I am able to understand God. Not to figure him out. It's too big. But at least I understand that failures is for my good. Because failures reveals to me new solutions, a new aspect of the infinite character of God. And I believe that the time has come for us to bring a revolution. The time has come for us not to imitate one another. You know, copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. But to say, God, if you're infinite, show me new ways, new horizons for my life, for my ministry, for my church. 
And that's why we can say that right here, anything is That's right. That's right. And so, what happens? He goes out of the cave, and the next remaining years of his earthly life, he produced so much more than he had produced before. Before, he was spectacular, but he was like meteors, you know. Now, whatever he does remains forever. In other words, he becomes immortal because everything he does, it's not just a number. It's something that stays for the rest of history. Elisha, he's a disciple who performed twice as many miracles than himself. is a proof that when God does something, he does it incredibly good. Good. To the point, to the point, they so satisfied with the, the, the lifestyle and the new life of Elijah that he doesn't want him to die. And with Operation Lift Off, he comes, picks him up. Elijah never died, just like Enoch. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's like God says, all right, you understand it, and that's wonderful. Why? Because finally, and I'm about to finish, Elijah realizes two or three things. Thing number one, Jeremiah 29, 11. I have plans for you. Do you believe that? And then, and then if God has got plans for you, where do you start? You start with in, in, in trying to find the uniqueness that belongs only to you. You say, well, I'm not as good as, as you. I'm not as good as that. You know, no, 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 no. There is something that you do that the President Trump can't do. That's right. The Pope can't do. You pastor can't do. We value life. I value your life. Jesus valued your life so much that he died for you on the cross because there was something inside you. How, does, how did he know that? Because he was there. It was him, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. The three of them. Before the foundation of the world, they knew that October 12th, 1956, Gaetano Sotile was going to be born in Sicily. In Sicily. You know, in, I mean, it was like St. Bethlehem. I mean, you know, in Sicily. What are the chances? No, he's going to be born in Sicily. Oh, okay. All right. And he's born in this family, wonderful family, but very humble family. We have no connections or no nothing. But you know, during, when, I, when I was born, some guy from Sicily, from my hometown, came to know Jesus here in the States. His name was Anthony Talamorossi. He's the guy that founded Tropicana Orange Juice. Can you imagine? And so, when I went to a crusade, which was a mega galactic crusade, money was no problems for Mr. Rossi. I found the Lord Jesus Christ together with my family. It was all planned by God before the foundation of the world. All right? And I, I, I was about to do all kinds of things. And then all at once, I was taken by the calling of God. I said, I'll never be satisfied unless my life can change the life of people. That's when I saw that my gift was a, a gift of an, of an evangelist. 
How do I do my studies? Well, Mr. Rossi was on the board of a lot of universities in America. Can you believe that? So how do you realize, if you look at your life, the same thing happens to you? Because before the foundation of the world, God had planned everything. It's like, I mean, it's like the operating system of an iPhone. Once you know how to make it work, it makes sense. Salvation is exactly this. Salvation, it's not just a religious experience. Salvation is understanding who you are, who put you into this planet, what is the uniqueness that you have, and most of all, who is the king with whom you will reign for the rest of eternity. Oh, let's give him an applause. Wow. wow. In the next two minutes, I want to share with you Another important verse in, from Romans 8.28. Where we read that all things work together to those who love the Lord. We all know that. But we don't put much attention to the second part of the verse which says, To those who have been called according to His. Here we go again. Purpose. Purpose. Purpose is the reason why you were created. You were not created. I was not created to accomplish or to fulfill my daddy's dream, even though that was a good dream, or my mommy's dream, but my heavenly father's dream. And before the foundation of the world, that was happening. All things work together for good. So good things and bad things in our life are part of the same game. And the game is to understand that God has got something wonderful for me and that he doesn't leave my, myself alone. And most of all, that I should never, ever lower my expectation because you and I are the apple of his eyes. And I don't say this just because I want to psych you out. Because most of you or some of you will go back home and you will be a mediocre person for the rest of your life. And you might ask me and say, will I get to heaven? Well, I guess so. I think so. I'm not sure. But what does it profit a man to receive Jesus in his life and live a mediocre life? That's exactly what Elijah was about to do before the Lord picked him up and said, I have a plan for your life. Before the foundation of the world. Because. Be careful. Listen to me. Write it down in your heart. Never forget. I am God. And there is nobody like me. That's what he says. Why? There are all kinds of gods. You know, the sun, the moon, the stone, Baal. I mean, no, 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 no. There is one thing. That wipes all the other gods away. What is it? That I, your God, knows the end from the beginning. And the beginning from? That God doesn't start something that he cannot accomplish. And the more we get a hold of this, the more our life will be a victorious life. And now existence will have, will have a meaning. So my question for you this morning is the following one. Where are you tonight? Or this morning? Or this afternoon? Now, where are you? Tell me, where are you? Are you in the cave? 
singing kumbaya. Oh, where are you today? Are you on a high wave because everything is doing good in your life? I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, it's not going to be like that all the time. I hope that you are connected to God this morning. Because you should tell me, guy, I don't know if the situation is good or bad. One thing I know, I am in the purpose of God for my life. If that purpose is still unknown, that's what salvation is all about. Is recognizing that by ourselves we'll never be able to figure out why God has put us into this planet. Salvation is realizing that the iPhone of our life, the operating system of our life has been broken. And we cannot send it back to the manufacturer because we've been using it, not knowing the instructions. So we've been messing up, we'll be breaking down, we'll be abusing our life, not because the instructions were not given to us, but because in our ignorance, we refused to read them. Remember that, that's just as easy as that. So you cannot send it back. Apple will say, it's not my responsibility. You know, you just messed it up. You used it according to your own understanding and logic and whatnot. That's why Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago said, don't you worry. I'll pay for the warranty. You messed it up. And I'm going to be making a way out. Today, you can finally get a new iPhone. You can be a new creation. Everything will be new. Why? Because finally you realize that you don't walk by chaos or accident, but you walk with purpose in your life. Is anyone this morning, is there anyone that wants to give me back your, your phone and get a new one? It is possible, not because Apple or Android or Samsung will give it to you. You don't deserve it. You know, they are legally, you know, they're really good. I mean, they're very smart. They won't give back to you. But through Jesus Christ, you can get your life back. No matter what mistakes you make, no matter what happened in your life, because it's got a wonderful plan for your life. Shall we just stand up right now and, and just, you know, bow our heads and open our hearts and, and ask the Lord, Lord, what is, what is, the most important thing that you are given to me this morning. The Holy Spirit has been talking to all of us, even started with me. The Holy Spirit has been revealing situations that I don't know, but you know, that have been pushing us to lower our expectations. And I'm asking you, in Jesus' name, turn them over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do understand that Jesus in you is the hope of glory. As Pastor Ken will lead this few minutes, few moments of prayer, connection, and I hope a change in our lives. Never forget that whatever the situation, 
God does not leave you alone. Get a hold of this promise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's give God praise for the powerful word. Thank you, God. What a powerful, powerful, challenging word today. I want to take just a, a quick moment before I dismiss you. Bow your heads one more time. If you would say, Pastor Ken, I'm that person. Today, I, I want to get a new phone. I want to begin my life with Jesus. I want to put my faith and trust in Him. I want to become a follower of Jesus. That's the decision you're making today. I want to agree with you that today is your day. Those watching online. And if you're making that decision, when you lift up your hand real high and just say, Pastor Ken, that's me, wherever you're at, God bless you. 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 All over the building, God bless you. God bless you. Up in the balcony, you'd say, Pastor Ken, that's where I'm at today. I'm receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior, becoming a follower of Jesus, those that are watching online. Father, we thank you for this this beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for this challenging word. Thank you for this assuring word that you are with us and you're for us. And that you're not finished with us yet. Thank you for all those who are becoming followers of Jesus today. Lord, we are so grateful for who you are and what you've done for us. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. Before I, I dismiss you, I just want to say again, Gaetano, thank you so much for blessing us. Thank you for all that you're doing over in Italy.